bombshell news has come out as an Ocho Rio whistleblower has come forward to the United States Senate and connected the dots on a potential impeachment of President Joe Biden. We're going to get into all this and more. Libby Evans from the Post Millennial joins me, but make sure before we get into it, that you go to AmFest.com right now and utilize promo code POSO for your 25% off. Secure your tickets immediately to see myself, Tucker Carlson, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, Kaylee McEnany, the great Tim Pool, Mike Lindell himself, and so many more at America Fest. It's this December 17th to the 20th, Phoenix, Arizona, AmFest.com, promo code POSO, secure your tickets immediately. was involved with Ocho. Um, There was a conference call I overheard incidentally. On that conference call were Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jeff Cooper, Harry Reid, and Key Reid. The reason that they were talking about it is that this is an internet gaming and gambling company. What they were specifically talking about was, uh, you know, how the business development was happening. They were joyous that they had just uh, gotten an agreement tacitly with the government of Peru for a license. Um, the thing that was outstanding, you know, or obvious more than anything else is Joe Biden was directly involved in this business activity. He wasn't passive. He was talking about it. If I had to describe him, he was like a member of the board of directors. Maybe because of his prominent position, I would even describe him as the chairman of the board. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is November 7th, 2022, Anno Domine. The voice you just heard is a new whistleblower. That's not Tony Bobolinsky. A new whistleblower has come forward to expose the Biden criminal cartel and the Ocho Rio enterprise, which operated throughout Latin America. But we're hearing also from here in Peru and South America, the fact that President Biden, while he was vice president, was directly involved with the Hunter Biden business dealings. And this also ties in, by the way, Senator Harry Reid and his son. We knew from Tony Bobolinsky the exact same phraseology, the exact same terminology was being used. Chairman of the board, chairman of the board of directors. He's also got this new whistleblower who has come forward to Senate investigators, documentary evidence, including emails and text messages regarding Biden's, Joe Biden's involvement in this. Ocho Rio, if you remember, was on the laptop. This was a huge part of it. Now, it didn't get as much focus, all right, as China and Ukraine got, but Ocho Rio was a major major part of the laptop. And now we're able to tie Joe Biden directly into it. To help me go through that and more, we're bringing back guest co-host Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial. Libby, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure thing, Jack. So I want to go right into it. Um, We know, based on pretty much every poll out there, that it looks like come January, there's going to be a new Congress in town in Washington, D.C., When I look at this, when I hear that video, when I see the fact that a new whistleblower has come forward, this seems like the kind of stuff 
that presidents used to get impeached for, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It also seems like far less than presidents used to, uh, or far more rather than presidents used to get. Well, yeah, we're going to include the last two, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, presidents used to get impeached for far less than this. Um, So, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Biden was vice president at the time. He has told us repeatedly that he had no participation or awareness or interest in his son Hunter's business dealings. And it certainly seems like that, among many of his lies, is beginning to unravel entirely. I I think this is something that calls for, and by the way, I don't think that conservatives should just stand up and say, oh, Biden should be impeached because Trump was, no, no, that's that's not what I want to be about. But this is obviously something that requires an independent investigator into it, someone with subpoena power, someone who has the ability to pull these phone records, uh, look into who was on the conference call, interview people, bring them in, because this actually does sound like if, if what we're hearing, right, if what we're hearing is true. And again, we're basing this off of probable cause. We're not just, you know, digging around and paying off people, paying off uh, Fusion GPS and Russian agents to put together dossiers. No, these are people coming forward. These are emails and documentary evidence stating that Joe Biden, when he was the vice president of the United States, was selling his office to the highest bidder. Yeah, and I think that this is something that has been alleged repeatedly. We've seen this with uh, Hunter Biden and the deals he had in Ukraine, the deals that he had in China. And it's just, you know, repeatedly we've seen this allegation. And we also know that the Congress, once they come into office, if it is a new Congress um, that is leaning heavily conservative, they have said outright that they're going to do a lot of investigations and do a lot of investigations into COVID and other items as well, including Hunter Biden's activities and Joe Biden's activities. And that's because they're not going to have power at the Oval Office. So investigations are something that Congress is going to be able to undertake to really start to get to the bottom of things. Look, when I, I've been through the laptop. I've been through the laptop a ton. I still have a copy of it. When I read this thing, and I've said this from the start, Hunter Biden was not in charge of this business. He was the bag man. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. They got him to put his name on it. He's like um, he's like uh, uh, the, the character in The Wire when Barksdale is running everything behind the scenes and they get the one guy who had never been. They had this one friend of theirs who had never been arrested, had no criminal record. And they said, OK, your name's going to be on everything. I think his name was Orlando. Um, his name was going to be on everything. His name was on the bar, the strip club, everything else. His name was on it so that they couldn't tie it directly back to Barksdale. That's all Hunter Biden was because mm-hmm. he wasn't in politics. So it didn't matter if he was involved in these other things and these business dealings, because on paper, from a legal perspective, it was, quote unquote, his money. But that's not how it actually operated. In reality, it was always the family money. It was always a family enterprise. Hunter was just the bag man. And if you look at Miranda Devine's book, Laptop from Hell, and you look at what Hunter Biden has been through at the hands of his family and his father, it's really devastating. This is a ruined man who never had the opportunity to engage in or pursue his own talents and activities and interests. We see now that he's doing, you know, painting or whatever. They put put him up to it. They put him up to it. Yeah, it really doesn't seem like this. And they knew he wouldn't ask questions because of his substance abuse Mm -hmm. issues. Yeah. And here he is, this ruined man that it looks like the president has um, abused and taken advantage of 
for the profit of the entire family. No, it's it's it's, it's actually quite sad, and I, I think it gives a different reading to a lot of those text messages and emails and voice messages that you see in the laptop that seem to be concerned for his son, but at the same time. When you look at it from the perspective of, no, he knew all along what he was doing, I think it gives us a different way to read it. But folks, I want to also point out that every single day you see a new story in the news about someone who was the victim of a violent crime. Some of you think that you're ready to defend yourself against evil. And the truth is, you're probably not. That is only possible if you train and train often. But with the inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, along with gas, getting to the range isn't as easy or affordable as it used to be. Thankfully, there is a better way to train with your firearm in the comfort and privacy of your own home. It's called iTarget Pro. The revolutionary system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. Even better, it costs less than a day at the range. Right now, you will save 10% plus free shipping with the promo code POSO when you go to itargetpro.com. When you get yours, you download the iTarget app, load the laser bolt into your firearm, and start training. iTarget comes in the most calibers, so from 9mm to 223, you can then train with pretty much every firearm out there. This is the easiest and most cost-effective way to train and pays for itself in a single day. That's letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, promo code POSO. A little over a week since Elon Musk took over Twitter and the place is a, it's a mess. He's already called back some of the workforce he fired a few days ago. He's putting his $8 charge for blue check verification on hold. First it was going to be $20, now it's going to be $8. He also suspended Kathy Griffin for impersonating him on a parody account. Uh. Which has started a free Kathy hashtag to trend. I, I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm getting off. I'm yeah. getting off today because I just feel like, you know, it's it's so messy, yeah. and I, I I'm tired of now having had certain kinds of attitudes blocked, and now they're back on. Yeah. And I just I'm gonna get out, and if it settles down and I feel more comfortable. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back. But as of tonight, I'm done with Twitter. Bye-bye, whoopee. <laughs> whoopee-doo, whoopee-doopee-doo. Because, look, number one, I didn't know that Whoopi Goldberg had a Twitter account. Number two, Kathy Griffin didn't get banned for parody. Kathy Griffin got banned for impersonating someone else. That's always been against the Twitter rules. If you'd been on Twitter since 2016 or before, like I was, many of us were, and Elon was, by the way, you were you knew that back in the day, that was one of the only things that could actually get you banned on Twitter, right? All this other crazy stuff wasn't banned. And I love what Whoopi says there, that the reason she's getting off is that she knew that some of these opinions were banned. You mean like conservative opinions were banned? Whoopi, is that what you're talking about? So you knew, you're just admitting that conservative opinions were banned. Now they're allowed. Now you're getting off. You've deleted your account. I didn't even know you had an account. You're trying to be relevant because you're not relevant. Honestly, just she's obviously reading off a teleprompter right there. I don't think she has any idea what she's talking about when she says hashtags and perfect. You know, she's a little stunted when she's talking about it. it sounds like John Fetterman a little bit where she just can't <laughs> can't understand what it is she's talking about. If I went to her and I said, what's you know, how do the Twitter hashtag trends work? I don't think she had any idea what I was talking about. Libby, um, what is your sense of this? This the bigger question here is Elon Musk. So a bunch of high profile left wingers have been banned on 
Twitter for impersonation recently. Does that go against Elon Musk's stated purposes for free speech or is he just upholding the rules of the platform? I don't think it does go against uh, the purported, um, you know, free speech whole new mantra. I don't think it goes against that at all. I think that it's perfectly reasonable to say that you can't pretend you are other people in earnest doing parody accounts. That's a totally different thing. And he did make that differentiation. But I think pretending to be someone else in order to harm that person or that person's reputation is probably not something that should be allowed. I don't think it's allowed in the postal system, you know, for example. And I don't think that it should be allowed. Well, it's fraud. Twitter or, it's, or, it's, yeah. it's, it's actually a crime in the real world to media. to mis- yeah, uh, to impersonate to someone or, you know, if, uh, impersonating a federal officer, for example, federal agent, mm-hmm. obviously the felony. And so this this but my point here is what's so funny about it is that. All of these leftists up until, what, 24 hours ago, they've been playing Twitter on God mode because they never had the rules actually enforced against them. If you or I, uh, certainly me, right, started impersonating anybody on the left, we'd be done. We'd be done overnight on Twitter because that's how the rules are. They'll they'll ban you uh, for misgendering, right? Dead naming, misgendering, gone in a second. The left, they can talk about putting uh, Nick Salmon in the wood chipper and nothing happens to them. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. the rules started getting applied to the left. And that's why they're freaking out because they've never had to experience actual accountability before. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I also think that it's so funny when you see people starting to say, I'm leaving Twitter leaving Facebook. It's like everyone who ever leaves New York thinks that that means they should write a 2000 word essay on why they're departing from the, uh, <laughs> from all of those islands. And it's because so we care so much. That, right? We care so right? much. And it's like, sorry, Whoopi, nobody cares that you're leaving Twitter or whoever else said that they were leaving Twitter, you know, and also I think probably you should just come back, be part of the conversation, add your two cents just because you don't get to control the conversation, just because you don't get to control the discourse that is being had, doesn't mean that you're not welcome to partake in it and be part of it. And I think the more people that come on the platform and have these conversations, the better the platform will be and the better our discourse will be I think, as Americans. I think though that, isn't there a possibility? Okay, here's, here's my theory. Here's my theory of the case. This is a trap. Elon is playing chess while they're playing checkers because they say he does something. I'm going to get off. He does something. I'm going to let him ban me. I'm going to want him to, I'm going to bait him into banning me. And then I'm going to get him to ban me. And then all of our friends. So now all of the left is saying, you need to let these people back on. You need to let them back on. You need to overturn that banning. You need to overturn that suspension. You shouldn't have permanently suspended them or anyone. What's he doing? He's normalizing the concept of overturning permanent suspensions, which is what he said privately in text messages that leaked in that Twitter uh, lawsuit, the one that was dropped in Delaware. He said that he wanted to overturn all permanent suspensions, and he just got the entire left to agree with him. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, if we if we can let Kathy Griffin back on. Who can't we let back? Exactly. He's because and it's, so now it gives so him the ability funny. to say, yeah. I'm, "I'm." It's balanced. You want Kathy Griffin back on? You want uh, Ethan Klein back on? Well, guess what? Now you're going to get uh, the Milos and the Laura Loomers and the Alex Joneses and Roger Stone and, of course, the Orange Man himself, Donald J. Trump, back on the platform. 
yeah, I say bring everybody back. Let's no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Twitter. Just br bring everybody Just back. Go for it. Stop the, the idea of a permanent ban bucks. makes no sense. You know, let's all pay eight bucks. We'll all be equal. That sounds great too. The, the same people who are screaming, we talked about this the other day, the same people who are screaming about, you know, wanting everybody to have the same, don't want anyone to have access to the verification that they have for a mere $8. That's, it's fine. It's still cheaper than Netflix. Literally every other platform has something like this. It's 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 disgusting. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. But another thing I want to add, though, is if you're anything like me, you are sick and tired of searching for ammunition and that when you find it, the prices are jacked up through the roof. So that's why Human Events is proud to partner with AmmoSeek. AmmoSeek is an incredibly helpful comparison shopping search engine for in-stock ammo, guns, mags, and reloading supplies. They're, uh, they update their results in near real time. So if you will see it on AmmoSeek, it's available at the listed price. You can search by caliber, cost per round, grain weight, manufacturer, you name it. AmmoSeek is totally free to use, and you can even save past searches and set price alerts so you get a notification when your favorite product or your desired price shows up. If you're looking for great online deals on ammo from over 260 combined online retailers that'll ship straight to your door, you need to check out AmmoSeek.com. Find in-stock ammo, firearms, reloading components, and the best prices on the web at AmmoSeek.com. Do me a favor, when you register for your account, it's totally free, but you check the box that says POSO sent you. That's AmmoSeek.com, AmmoSeek.com. It's very good that Elon took over Twitter. It was run by maniacs, radical left lunatics. And uh, they were, I mean, it was all bots and fake accounts, a lot of it. And it was a disaster. Because there is a huge problem with spam and, and bots and trolls on, on Twitter and organizations trying to manipulate pu public opinion. But, it, but if we can get enough verified users and we're gonna prioritize um, Twitter search, replies, uh, mentions um, by verified users first. The, the net effect will be over time that the, the verified users will, be, will pretty much always be at the top of, of comments and search. And you won't really see, you'll have to scroll far to see the unverified uh, users, which will be the bots and, and trolls and whatnot. So I, I love this new idea that they're talking about of actually taking it to the bots, taking it to the amplification, the fakeness that's throughout Twitter, the amplification that goes on, the thing that's inorganic. And Libby, I got to say that I've been on Twitter long enough to know that I, I know when I see real traffic and I know when I see fake traffic. I know when I see real engagement. I know when I see fake engagement and that you can tell. You can tell when these accounts that come out of nowhere that nobody's ever heard of them before suddenly all start getting supported in the algorithm. Of course, YouTube is um, infamous for this with, with certain channels that it's obvious to me that someone's e either number one, someone's got their finger on the scale or number two, that you're seeing a bot farm that's allowed to operate in impunity. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's fascinating. I'm really interested in your take on this because I've been on Twitter a long time, but I'm you know, I've basically been one of these users who's just like, do do do. This is interesting. <laughs> What's going on. Yeah, I, uh, really I, I, I mean, I think the world kind of knows that I have a little bit of a of of a Twitter addiction. <laughs> um, but it's, it, I put it this way. I put it this way. When I look at Twitter, I, I don't see individual tweets. I don't even see individual accounts. I don't see news. I, I look and I just see, I see the code of the matrix. 
right? I see the green lines flowing up and down and I'm like blonde, brunette, redhead the whole time, except, <laughs> except it's for me, it's like false flag, <laughs> um, uh, fake news, hoax, race hoax, uh, what, you know, whatever it is. And so there's, there's actually a story out of Australia right now out of the university of Adelaide that says they performed a study that at the beginning of the Ukraine conflict, there was a massive pro-NATO bot farm that amplified every single pro-Ukraine tweet, hashtag, account that you could find and that de-amplified or uh, suppressed anything that was that that stood against that, um, anything that was calling it into question. And it's crazy to me that you're seeing a study like this when you compare it to the DHS leaks of last week, I say, hold on a second. If there's this whole constellation of the Department of Homeland Security, CISA, all of the tech firms that are involved in this, well, did they not see that the NATO bot farm was there or did they allow the NATO bot farm to be there? Yeah, they must have been into it, right? I mean, if they're that organized and see everything that's going on. From my perspective, after reading this report, what really struck me was that when the when when the Russian invasion happened and everyone was suddenly so pro Ukraine, everybody was suddenly waving their flags. And I thought to myself, where did this come from? How did this happen so fast that everyone is instantly on board with the next giant thing? People who two years ago, you know, were telling us that uh, Donald Trump was going to launch nuclear war and World War III are now jumping on board with um, a potential, potentially nuclear conflict in Eastern Europe like this. And I was stunned. And if it does turn out that it was really just all bots and all a total fabrication, that makes a lot more sense. I think than yeah, than that thinking people had come up with this. All I think it's own. I think it's, it's really it's like for sure. I think it's actually just two two angles of the same thing, right? We're seeing two sides of the same coin. You have to put to both both of these stories together. Because mm-hmm. when we saw the DHS leaks last week, we we understood, okay, it's it is essentially the federal government that is deciding, that's picking and choosing the winners and losers when it comes to the algorithm on Twitter and these other various social media platforms. So, and and specifically though, when you look at something like COVID, for example, well, if you post this, it'll get you banned. If you say the vaccine doesn't stop the spread, it'll get banned. You'll get banned for this, you'll get banned for that, right? But now we're seeing the operational side of that. So we saw the censorship side of that. Now we're seeing the operational side hmm. that said, these are the bots that are allowed, they get whitelisted, right? So when you have a fire, firewall, you can whitelist things. So they've whitelisted their own bot farms. They've whitelisted their own propaganda narratives, their own narratives, whatever they want to put out. And whether you're pro-Ukraine or not, it, you should step back and say, well, hold on a second. Why was it that there were bot farms that were allowed to be propagated for this? What we also just found out, by the way, that Elon fired the UN human rights curation team uh, at Twitter said, well, wait a minute. Why do these things exist? Why do these bot farms exist? Why do these UN offices exist? What other media and social media outlets have secret offices from the United Nations, secret bot farms by NATO? Are we as heavily propagandized as the people of North Korea? Because I'm starting to feel like that's what's going on. Yeah, I don't like it one bit. And it makes it really hard to have any idea if what you're reading is accurate or what the sources are. There was actually um, a video out this morning that I think Tim Pool posted that was like a CIA agent from the 80s talking about how he spread 
disinformation by telling journalists a little piece of truth and then giving them a little bit of falsehood and then backing that up by giving a British ambassador the same piece of falsehood so that when the journalist went to check on it with the British ambassador, right. they just ended up in a total echo chamber and thought, oh, I'm getting accurate information. How much of what we are told, how much of what we are reading is accurate and how much of it is just designed to, you know, get us to believe a certain thing. So folks, up the folks, operation... Power. Operation Mockingbird never ended. Libby, what are your coordinates? Where can people follow you? I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter. It's a verified account. I'll tell ah. you <laughs> Until you change it to <laughs> Elon Musk and get yeah. suspended as well. Well, I will not be changing my account, so I'm still at Jack Posobiec. I want to know if I can still do the different the different posos. So, of course, you had like um, Austere Scholar poso and, you know, so many different, you know, but can I parody myself? If I'm parodying myself on Twitter, is that allowed? That's what I'd like to know. I think I'm just going to have to test it. I'm basically just going to have to figure it out myself. I'm going to test it. I'm going to find out what's going on. But if I could throw out there a message to Whoopi Goldberg, to Kathy Griffin, to Ethan Klein, to everybody that's getting banned on Twitter, hey, if you don't like it, just go make your own. Just go make your own Twitter. Just go make your own social media. Just go make your own platform with hundreds of millions of users that has soft power where the narrative gets set. Oh, right. That's right. Oh, wait, that's right. You can't. Now, look, the deep state is going to come back against Elon Musk because they do not want their narrative, the Great Reset, to be disrupted. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.